Hey, what's up, guys? This is Music Sucks, and I Want to Die. We're back again. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. And today, we have a very, very special guest, all the way from Seattle, Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name is Nate Omdahl, and he is a bass player and works for the Union. And why don't you tell us a little more about yourself? I'm a bass player. And you work for the Union. Oh, Let's hear I uh, moved to Seattle in 2001 uh, to attend Corners called. Cornish College of the Arts. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah right. a little bit. I think we've all sweated through that that place. Um, so yeah, that was that was in 2001. So that's uh, a little more than 20 years ago when I started there. Um, but just lucky enough to get in with some musicians that are playing a lot of gigs around town, um, and uh, kind of just got stuck. Um, I started working at the Union about 10 years ago. Nice. Um, and it's been really a great experience. So which I'm sure we'll get cool. into. Yeah. Um, what do you do at the Union exactly? Um, my, I, I have uh, sort of two titles. Um, I uh, was hired originally as the organizer uh, a handful of years ago, um, and then uh, last year I was elected vice president. Oh, wow. So I'm Congrats. serving nice. dual roles. We got right royalty now. in the room. That's oh right. <laughs> Not quite royalty. <laughs> Not quite royalty. <laughs> Um, do you want to start just like kind of a brief history of music unions in general? Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. I don't know too much about it. I know sure. you yeah, kind of yeah. the broad strokes on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, just like so started. Musicians when... Union, the American Federation of Musicians of the United States and Canada, is a fairly old um, labor union as far as labor unions go. Um, some of the oldest ones uh, have uh, you know founding dates that go back. 125, 150 years wow. to this point now. Um, Seattle's local was actually founded in 1885. So there's, I know that. That's there's crazy. been yeah. a musicians union in town since then. Um, over the years, there's actually was a, a merger in the I think late 40s. Um, many organizations that were around in the 30s and 40s were unfortunately segregated, and uh, the Seattle Musicians Union was not no different. Um, but in the 40s, we rectified that, and the two have been combined as 76493, which is our number that we carry right now. And the 493 was the um, African American Union. Oh, cool. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we've been uh, uh, in the community yeah for like. Well, 1885, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah, I know that yeah. back. That's crazy. That's awesome, dude. Um, do you know off the top of your head about how many members you have right now? It fluctuates. You know, right now we're still sort of dealing with uh, pandemic numbers. Um, before that, we had um, several hundred musicians, close to four sometimes, sometimes in the five, um, depending on the territory. Uh, of course, there's, you know, musicians, locals, all across the United States, sure. uh, it's just sliced up like a big weird pizza. Um, <laughs> our territory actually extends, I would just kind of say, roughly through about middle of the state uh, going um, east. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe two-thirds down going south. So okay. roughly, I, in well, my mind, big, it's though, sort yeah. of like you know, Leavenworth to Centralia. Oh, and then okay. We actually uh, do represent Alaska. Oh, uh, really? Huh, all that's all of Alaska. Yeah. Um, nice. there, that was sort of a unfortunate covid situation there we we sort of had to pick that territory up and <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to return it to some musicians out there uh, so they can represent their own region because mm -hmm. that's something that we all believe in across the federation is that each each uh territory has their own unique issues and unique opportunities oh, for sure yeah mm -hmm. and uh the best way to represent the musicians in that territory is to have local folks there doing the work mm -hmm. so i am completely 100 percent ignorant of the union and everything that is involved sure. with it, and uh, I guess I'm just going to start off like, if like, why why would I sign up? Like, what's uh, what do what you know? What I mean, what's uh, what do I what would I get out of it? You know, sure. It you know we can start. There's um, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So traditionally, what unions do mm -hmm. is they represent uh, employed workers. 
So if you think about, you know, uh, an easy one would be sort of Boeing locally. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. an easy one. Or uh, teachers. Sure. Yeah. Nurses. We all see those struggles in the media. That kind Starbucks. of Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Exactly. That, those are really great examples of un- unions representing workers today Mm -hmm. um in the music trade what that often looks like is uh well in los angeles um that would be the uh um studio musicians that Mm -hmm. are recording for the major movie uh movie studios or um actually it it it's the covers the contracts cover the whole country for uh record label recordings Mm. so uh studio musicians are covered um i know my colleagues down in uh um, Orange County represent the musicians at the Disneyland Park. Oh, and likewise, their counterparts in in uh, Florida mm, represent okay. at Disney. So there's a handful of those sort of units across the country. Um, in Seattle, we have an awful lot of musical theater work. Mm. Uh, we represent the musicians in the musical theater. Um, Paramount, Fifth Avenue, uh, Village, Village. Yeah. Yep. Yep, all those those places. Uh, so if you are interested in doing that kind of work, um, that would be covered by the AFM. Okay. And we do have some, uh, and we're hoping to grow that research pile, re, that resource pile for freelancers, which is something I know that everybody at this table certainly, <laughs> yeah, certainly yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's a little bit harder, and I'm sure we'll get into that as we go. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any in a, in a lot of lenses, um, the music trade is no different than electricians or plumbers sure. or, or any mm-hmm. other any other way you'd earn a living especially if you're uh, working in in one of those um production houses where you are being employed mm-hmm. as then that it's uh oh man it's there was a really great example of unions in action uh was a couple of years ago um i always find it to be a really really great example of of just how i guess granular the problems can be sometimes um and that's where it takes a union that's an expert in the field to step in. Um, mm-hmm. And the example I use is uh, the musicians that were working on the Rise of Skywalker were being compensated differently than the musicians that were being compensated on the first season of The Mandalorian. Really? Okay. So, oftentimes, it's the same musicians getting the same calls, mm-hmm. right? It's the same studios, the same composers, mm-hmm. the same production houses. But because of the, the type of market that... Uh, the Mandalorian was being released on streaming directly to, to you know mm-hmm. Disney Plus. That's a much different contract than the contract that's been uh, worked on and enforced for a century that would represent for theatrical release. So the musicians union stepped in and said, "Hey, wait a second! You're hiring the same musicians to play the same parts by the same composers in the same stu- you know it's yeah, same yeah, same yeah, same same same." Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different is that now in twenty was it twenty twenty when that came out, we we have this new platform, this new um, this new market of streaming, and it took the musicians' union to say, "Hold on, we might need to actually stop and strike, maybe." perform some out-of-tune versions of the <laughs> in front of some Disney executives' house. Nice. Talk to a couple of police officers yeah. along the way. Um, that certainly happened. And it took actions like that to resolve that so that they became covered to the extent that the musicians that were covering the theatrical release did. I imagine going forward as we get new types of media, 
that'll probably come up a lot more going in the future too. Like, yeah, I mean, just like a streaming in general. That's we're at a really interesting time thing, right really. now in the industry. Is yeah. I'm sure most of your uh, you know listeners and viewers could attest to, and the technology is changing things yeah. really fast right now. Seems like it's every five years is brand new. Yeah, and the yeah. pandemic actually kind of oh, yeah. forced a lot of people to consider um, uh, consuming music in some different ways yeah. mm -hmm. that are not necessarily uncomfortable. Well, like if you get it in your house, even in your living room, you know, if it's, if it's streaming, if it's, if it's more on your computer, if it's a more of a digital interaction, for sure. Well, yeah. Those are, those are new. And I mean, I'm sure the metaverse when that, we, uh, all, we all get on that, but you know, the, something like that might happen. These sort of augmented are, reality some, things and like a lot of, those are, know. there's a lot of conversations, you know, how do we, how do you, uh, protect musicians that may be participating on switch, Twitch. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I know. Quite Those are all questions are. that we're trying to answer in what the musician union is today, mm -hmm. and there are no easy answers. But there are no easy answers in any part of the music no, trade. Yeah. So it's just kind of the work that we do and how we try to carry forward. Mm. Um, I had a question. So I was doing a little research on history of unions, and I think I was reading. I think it was in New York during early 20th sure, century or something. Sure. Um, but they had a big push to sort of consolidate venue pay or like at least get a standard kind of thing going. And it's not something I've ever encountered here. I mean, any place I go here will obviously be very different depending on what kind of thing it is. For sure, yeah. Um, I don't know, is that still a thing? Is that something you guys maybe are looking towards or like a minimum wage or something like that? Yeah. You know? um, so one thing I always, point I always bring up when I have to speak at like a college or give like a presentation um, is that there are, and I've referenced this already, there in the federal lens there are two types of workers there are employees and there are contractors mm -hmm. um when you are an employee there are a lot easier pathways for worker protection sure. like around minimum wages mm -hmm. um there's even something in other trades called a prevailing wage which would be something that we would love to see established in music where like plumbers that would set up a new a new shop mm -hmm. in a, in a any city couldn't start below the prevailing uh, wage line. That's so, uh, nice. Yeah. So no undercutting. So no undercutting. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Other okay. trades have these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because music is what it is, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it's all bad because of the way it is, but the nature of that of our trade is that entry is sort of how it comes to you as a musician. Mm -hmm. Like right, there, right. it's not like you have to go to a, um, if you're an electrician, you would need to get licensed. Mm -hmm. If you're a plumber, you need to get licensed. Yeah. There, certain trades come with certain certificates that are easier to say, well, you know, this new worker has it. Yeah. So they're eligible for work A, B, and C. Right. Our trade is a little different. I think we actually talked about that once a, like a long time ago is like in a, like some weird dream world, we have, you know, people who are just, God awful, like not being able to play. Obviously, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, and, like, but who's going to judge all that stuff? But like, you know. But yeah, that's an interesting question, though. How do you yeah. get that? How do you control the yeah. quality? And like, what does quality even mean? I, I think we've all been a part and seen some shows where um, we might not have been huge fans <laughs> really? of music, music being <laughs> performed on stage. Yeah, hmm. it might not be to a quality that we ourselves might not hold ourselves to. Mm -hmm. But you look around and everybody's enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. So who are you know who are we and who are what? you? Who, yeah. So those kind of realities of our trade. Yeah, make it complicated. Yeah, whether or whether and if you're like an electrician or something, you do something, you perform a task. It's very easy to measure what's happened. 
Right. And, and there's a whole um, industry around it that you can kind of weigh your price against. Yeah. And those are also some things that the Musicians Union tries to do. We have a wage scale book where mm-hmm. we have musicians from the community. We're, we're actually in the process of finalizing our wage scale for the next couple of years right now where okay. we would say for doing work that was in a large venue. That's one of my favorite categories because it describes, in my, in my opinion, um, it's a pretty rough as, some summary of what working in one of our larger venues is going to look like. You're going to be there for X amount of time at a minimum, right? So we have a, what we call a minimum call. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. you can't, as the employer or the purchaser, you couldn't drop below that and say, oh, we only want you for an hour because there's no way that you're going to get in and out of the Tacoma Dome oh, yeah. in an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? That's right. a large venue. Or, or oh, the shit, Anywhere. Or yeah, the anywhere, RPC. really. Yeah. Like, Any, you know, if you play yeah. Skylark, yeah, you're exactly. going to be there's, yeah. there's, So there's some... Rates that are set aside with some premiums that go along with going in uh, certain type and doing certain types of work. Um, so that's we have that tool that we hope could go towards informing something like a standardized wage. In the freelance world, mm-hmm. a lot of the leverage that a regular worker has, it, it's harder for us to access. So it will it. Well, I tell you, that's the that's that's what I've been working on for the last couple of years is trying to find ways to level that field so mm-hmm. that musicians as workers could ask for some of the same protections that uh, you know any other worker in society has. Like, you know, we've all had some surprise deductions um, at the end of the night playing some gigs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. well, oh, I, yeah. I, Usually those are like at uh, I haven't had anything like that happen since I stopped playing at, like, um, kind of smaller bars and stuff. We all sort of... Well, no, I would say that should say A lot of us um, that have uh, some degree of training and are... In the in the trade as a career, mm-hmm. uh, do tend to kind of age out of that opportunity a little bit for a lot of reasons. Maybe you, you know start a family, you just need to find better work, or you're proficient yeah. and <laughs> can play, and you start finding better opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's there's a lot of reasons that that happens, um, but that still doesn't mean that that predatory environment's not sitting there waiting for the next sure, person yeah. coming along. Absolutely, and, and that's sort of what. I see as a union officer is how, uh, you know, I mentioned I moved to Seattle in 2001, so that's 21 years ago. And that's long enough to see multiple classes of musicians, we'll say, but from a college level, cycle through the city and see the same problem that we heard all of our professors talking about, pay not going up for so long. And there's actually some pretty direct reasons why pay hasn't gone up since the 80s. In the early 80s, there were some some federal court decisions that made the venues not a part of the employment process. Mm. Interesting. So it, we, there's, you know, when we hear their, you know, or people that are professors age say, Pay hasn't gone up since the early '80s. Well, that was that was when there were some pretty it major federal <laughs> yeah. court mm-hmm. decisions that made the band leader the employer and not the venue. Hmm. Interesting. And we, that's another thing we've touched on in the past is like, uh, who's like more responsible for like, like like a crowd coming out? Is it your venue or is it your band? On a smaller level, it would seem that the venue would be more responsible, but that's not the way it's currently structured. Pay wise, it's not currently structured any other way too, like yeah. promotional wise. Yeah, so I mean, one plus every place is different. Like even even on like a bar venue, it's sometimes cut at the door, or part of the bar, or yeah, yeah. Direct, I, I suppose flat, fa- flat, uh, flat rate, you know. So not it's hard to again, it's hard to speak to the whole trade mm-hmm. in kind of a when it's so a great. broad stroke yeah. like that. Um, there is uh, a couple of points that are important to the state 
And that's a lens that I always try to look at or you keep in mind because that's how the state, that's how they're going to look at us if we took a problem to them. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that the state asks a worker if you've been treated unfairly is were you in a place where what you were doing was essential to that business? Mm -hmm. That's a big checkbox. Are we ever not... I mean, if you're at a music venue, I can't think of anything more important than having music. Yeah. Like, that's it. Oh, yeah, it doesn't exist otherwise. So, yeah. It, 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 um, the more we can learn about, well, you know, how, how would, uh, a, you know, an electrician approach the same problem because electricians have some similar situations, a lot of contracting Mm -hmm. in, in that trade. When something happens, in that field, what do they do? Or are there parallels? Um, I've actually been trying to discover if there's a, a parallel from the state's perspective between bringing your own drills to a construction site. And bring your own gear. Just bring your own gear. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, tools. I mean, so all, all of those things are uh, a part of some of that wage question that you asked mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. why is it such a oh yeah it's a huge why is it such a roll topic, of dice yeah, every, every time you go yeah. out there and try to work up, up yeah. until you establish or have representation or, or whatever the case may be and again to my, the problem is it's just it just leaves a huge question mark for the people that are coming up so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just trying to, to come up with some answers from a larger place that can say hey the, the next generation of kids coming in like you can't keep them poor. <laughs> yeah. Especially if we want to keep this city vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. Or even make it more vibrant. Um, would be nice. Yeah. So here's an interesting question, kind of going off just a little bit. So do you guys at the AFM like partner with like uh, advocacy groups and like local uh, grants, things like that? And do you guys work together? Is there like synergy sure, there? Sure. Um, there's a, a yes and a no in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I would say is that uh, a union is not a nonprofit, mm-hmm. like a you yeah, know, yeah, right. you know something like, like Arts Washington, yeah, something right. like exactly. Yeah. yeah, we have completely different tax statuses. Mm. One of the things that a union can do, you know, if you as a worker are uh, having some sort of action like a strike, um, we can actually protect your employment, so that you can't get fired. Mm-hmm. And and if a musician is classified as a worker, and they're trying to solve a problem on the work site, we can protect that person's job in the process of advocating for that, that improvement. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we can do that a nonprofit can't do. So because of that, we, we, there are certain things that unions you won't see. They, they, it's just a harder thing for them to do, like put on a show. Mm-hmm. That's something that actually I wish we had more freedom to do, and there's some ways around that that we're, we're – we're, actively pursuing mm-hmm. um learning from some of our colleagues but uh that makes some kind of partnerships a little bit out of reach so um we tend to partner with uh groups that are more like um smash uh seattle musicians affordable sustainable healthcare, mm-hmm. um just to make sure there are our members and by proxy their families and their their colleagues have access to some of the resources that are in the city so we might you might find us doing more on partnering in in that kind of a of an action nice. than more than uh uh you know we're trying to raise money for 
yeah, something for sure, X Project. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, could you tell us a little bit more about Smash? Um, I can briefly. Yeah, um, just a brief I, I, you yeah. know, we've we've collaborated with them. I know that they uh, Smash is a great organization that um, has some emergency healthcare services that are available for Seattle musicians, uh, dental, um, eye eye care. They have uh, periodic oh, really? screenings. Um, in the past, they've had. Um, custom fittings for uh, hearing protection. Oh, wow. And that's, um, that's... they've had recently, uh, one of their more recent events was um, they, uh, a whole screening at, uh, oh, I can't remember what the clinic was. There's, it's on Madison. There's mm-hmm. a, a, a hearing health clinic that's... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and they went in there and gave you the whole beep and buzz test. Oh, and God, said, I'd be afraid to go in this there. This is good <laughs> or this is bad. And, yeah, and it was... It was a service and they could they could recommend doing these things man i was i had a conversation with uh one of the doctors there who just told me this you know just some pretty amazing stuff about uh direct in-ear uh mm-hmm. monitorings oh, that are, yeah. are coming out now that are coming up that you know are for you and what your damage is oh. but also your instrument because he was telling me he's an upright basis he was like it might look a little weird but there's a thing that we if we put like a Something in your base. Yeah, I've heard, oh. I've heard of these. And then yeah. ran a tube into your ear. Mm-hmm. It would just be the best monitoring system in the world. And I was just, it was just so fascinating to hear him talk about your acoustic instrument. Yeah, I never does thought these something. things. But, so, yeah, well, but they also uh, can take it, you know, break a tooth. You know what I mean? You're in a lot of pain. Bar fights when they don't pay. Yeah, that's right. How do you fight with the owner? That's right. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So check out Smash because they're definitely a, a really wonderful organization. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that existed. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so back to back to me, of course. No. So the only union I've ever actually participated in, and I'm kind of by proxy, uh, so is when I play with the Seattle Symphony, sure. and they have me pay union dues for their union, sure. which I actually I don't think I get any benefits from, so it's kind of whatever, but... I'm just, you know, I'm side man there, but, uh, but I, as I understand it, there is a bit of history between the AFM and what is now the International Guild of Symphony Player. I don't remember the rest of the acronym. Sure. But. Yeah. Well, first, I would say, um, even for a rank and file member like yourself, um, <laughs> I would correct Grunt. you and say that uh, you're not the benefit. The whole, the, your whole wage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Would not be yeah. there. Sure. Yeah, I didn't out. think about that. Didn't think about yeah. that. That's right. So I just do want to point that out. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that you. Um, uh, have enjoyed some parking privileges. Oh yeah, that's true. Also, I'm sure something that was a, bar- a part of the collective bargain. Yeah, although I do still pay for parking there, but yeah, but much less. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it's those kind of things that are on a work site that mm. the union puts in place. A union has to bargain for everybody. Mm. They can't just bargain for their members. So if gotcha. you're working there, you're you're benefiting from what's gone before. What's me, gone yeah. before you? Yeah, and what's going to come after you? So the dues really in our in my eyes, I say it's usually such a small portion of it's, your paycheck. It's very small. I pay like $8 when I play there. It's, yeah. And you're complaining. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. I'm just pointing that <laughs> So, but what I, I like to point, I mean, for me, I've always thought about it as just a very small way of putting your money where your mouth is. Yes. And because no, I'm totally you fine and, with it, yeah. As most musicians complain, as we're, I'm sure we're going to do more of. Oh, yeah. Um, when there's a solution and there, that's present, that's as small as union dues, I'm always like, Boy, that really is for fifteen dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Does give me an opportunity to put my money where my mouth is in a small way, and I can show up and say I'm a member of this organization. I'm a member of this guild, mm-hmm. and this is why this is important. And that does amplify your voice a bit. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a thing they always say about everything too. But they're like, yeah, fifteen bucks a month or whatever. It's like a couple cups of coffee. Yeah, and it's like that's nothing, and to really like you're saying, benefit everyone. Just to cover it now, yeah. and I'm sure I want to cover it before the podcast is over. Our dues are uh, fifty a quarter. That's it. That's it. So yeah. it's like what sixteen, seventeen a, a month. So yeah, you're. It's literally coffee yeah. on a busy gigging day. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I've. I've yeah, it's, it's nothing. Spent yeah. more than that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah, a jack in the box at three in the morning. Yeah. I've heard some folks say it's hundreds of dollars, right? No, it's it's two hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's one hundred eighty something a year. Yeah. So, uh, so do you have any like uh, dream projects? Like, let's say like membership was kicking. Let's say you like fucking got a thousand members like in the next couple years, or whatever. Like that increases your power and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. It increases huge. your funds. That's huge. And then like, are there any projects that are like a dream for the AFM in Seattle here? Like, yeah, do you want... Uh, so, man, I really shouldn't talk about this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, like it. I like it when people spill the beans. One of the things that I've been trying to chase down mm-hmm. is the answer to why can venues have bands pay for their support staff? Uh, could, could you give an example of yeah. that? Like, uh, you know, you book a gig and there's a, door, and there's a, a room fee that's $200 oh, that yeah. ultimately pays for the sound crew mm. or the bouncer. Sound crew and the bouncer. Right, right. right. Yeah. Why is that, why is that so? Mm-hmm. Because, as I was talking about earlier, the state has some boxes that are very easy to check in some cases. Um, actually, there are six boxes that the state has that describe or don't describe your relationship to working at this place. Um, my, what I've been working on for the last several weeks now has been doing some research to try to figure out, well, what makes us, I alluded to this earlier, what makes us different from a carpenter who Mm -hmm. brings a power tool to a job site or a teacher who brings a laptop to a job site. Um, one of the boxes that the state looks at is how much equipment in your work does the employer or potential employer provide? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I had instantaneous more resources <laughs> yeah. it's really not money that i'm after it's voices sure yeah, yeah. that could mm-hmm. say this is a big problem you know another thing i've worked on in the past is the rubber stamp at the door on your hand mm. the state actually requires a piece of paper called a receipt that go along with every point of sale in the state mm. how many times ever have you ever, outside of maybe a major venue like the Paramount that's got ticketing with fine print on the back, well, Washington State requires for every point of sale, there's uh, a total, there's any uh, char- service charges, yeah. there's the admission, and there's taxes. Mm-hmm. None of those. Yeah, I've never seen one. Never. No, not never, once in my life. Yeah. Never. That's how, that's how the state knows that... An employer, a business, is accurately reporting their taxes, Mm -hmm. is those receipts. So one of the things I would love to see with Amplified Voices is the call for oversight from some bodies that already exist that don't have every resource in the world, Mm -hmm. but to point out how many workers actually do work in the nightlife trade, how many of our our musician workers, creative workers work in the nightlife trade to just bring some eyes into what we're doing. And I know that might mean that as musicians, we might need to change some of our business habits. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that more musicians than not would appreciate not starting in a $250 to $400 hole. Yeah. Sometimes being presented with a bill at the end of the night 
to make up the difference. Hey, that's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it makes a lot of sense. You should not be billed to pay for a bouncer. Yeah. No, which in my opinion could be it fits every every point of the empl- of the state's employee criteria test. Yeah. So if we can elevate the noise and the advocacy around that practice, like we did with non-compete clauses or blackout dates, as they're commonly referred to in our trade. I'm not sure if you were aware or your listeners are aware, but in two, 2019, the state made those unenforceable. Oh, really? Yep. I did not so know So if, if one of the music festivals or anybody hears this in Washington, if you're working for a club or... Uh, a festival or any type of of employer uh, who tries to uh, restrict the work that you can take for longer than three days. There's a small carve out for the creative industry for the weekend, sure. which I, yeah, I actually that, fair, think yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right? yeah, totally fair. Most musicians that are playing a major festival aren't going to go book a second gig tomorrow yeah. night yeah. 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 you're just going to be flat on the floor yeah, yeah. You're right yeah. or you're going to be on a plane going to your next gig yeah. right so totally. it's if if that's anybody gets dealt one of those pull a big black sharpie cross yeah. it out yeah. and call it mm-hmm. the musicians union totally and uh that was at the time in 2019 i actually remember i was talking with a couple of friends who were playing capitol hill block party which was a particularly egregious offense Yep. Of ow, I want to say 135 days on either side yeah, of the that, that gig. Was something that was, like that. I remember when yeah, well, that was thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was huge. It was yeah, like that's half the year, right? On both sides of that. It's it was not, something. It, it was, was not like the summer like months that. are important months for Northwest. Oh yeah, no, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah, literally like the only times of the yeah. year you play outdoor shows. Yeah, yeah. So that was excellent timing. Yeah, because uh-huh, it, it was getting really bad. Yeah, I um, was. The only thing that I would say was unfortunate about that ruling was that it happened. Uh, it took effect about 90 days before the pandemic really uh, hit. Yeah. So <laughs> the word and the rollout yeah. got a little muddled on that. Yeah, I never so a couple of years after the fact, it may have gotten a little shoved under the, you know, under the carpet a little bit. But I do want musicians and folks in the whole state to know that this is what we call unenforceable. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that can exist in the contract. I mean, like I said, just pull out the Sharpie and go to town on it because nice. it's, it cannot be in there. Okay, oh, cool. Now, uh, there's something else I've been hearing a little bit about. Um, I'm wondering, cause I don't, again, I'm completely ignorant of everything. So you're doing so far good so far. Buddy. Right. <laughs> so I've heard tell of like a program called the Seattle musicians guaranteed income program. Mm. Uh, I was wondering if you knew anything about it, or if it's related to AFM at all. That's something that um, I started working on. That we're talking about some partnerships that we do have um, when we can come up with an advocacy program with a group like the Recording Academy, the Grammys. Oh, okay. Um, it's really great to advocate with them on a local level. Um, we do at a national level. There's something called the Radio Fairness or no, the, the Fair Pay Fair Play Act, mm. which is also called the Radio Fairness Act, I think. <laughs> Or maybe those are two different things. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking to you guys, and I'm getting my axe mixed up. But the yeah, long and the short of this one is um, is that radios don't have to pay royalties when they go blip, 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 and play your song on a drop, which is oh. insane hmm. because you didn't write the song for them to just have access to for free. Right. Right. Yeah. So this, you know, uh, this act would require that um, radio stations, just like movie and TV. And other ma- major media outlets have to just pay the royalty rate to ASCAP and BMI and the PROs, just like anybody else that has a business that uses somebody else's music. Um, we are working with the Recording Academy at a, you know, the federal level in mm-hmm. Washington on that. And you know, many times you'll see 
uh, testimonial to that by our president, Ray Hare, alongside of the presidents from the Recording Academy and those kind of agencies, SAG-AFTRA, you know, other other artistic uh, labor groups like that. Um, uh, so um, the income program yeah. is something that uh, a lot of communities are playing around with. There's a guaranteed income program for artists broader than, than mm-hmm. the musician's income program here. We're hoping to get started in Seattle. Um, in San Francisco, I know there's one in, I want to say Minneapolis, uh, New York's playing around with one. I think I heard of one in... Um, I want to say there's one in in Texas, but I could be wrong about that. And I know there's there's some cool stuff happening in um, Canada, just across the, the provinces there. Uh, actually, um, the state uh, representative Liz Berry is considering and trying to back some legislation that would create one that's a, a guaranteed income program for everybody statewide. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So, but what we're trying to do with the musicians program here in Seattle is to recognize that. The music trade is at a uh, very precarious spot right now, post-pandemic. Our, if you have noticed, we are not opening what? venues right now <laughs> faster than we are closing them. Yeah. So performance I've, opportunities are starting to dwindle. I've made that observation, yes. yeah. Rents are not going down. Noticed no. that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Where do you live again? Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why is that? Because rent fucking expensive here? Is that why? And granted, though, you know what, though? It's getting that bad down there, too. Really? It's uh, like, you know... One bedroom, thirteen hundred a month, or some shit. Sometimes, and it's like to that point. Any major city that wants to keep the um, cash pile that is their creative economy vibrant needs to invest in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, a guaranteed income program. Mm -hmm. uh, That's called socialism, and we don't stand for that in America. (laughs) (laughs) That may be. You do. Very very well be. um, You know, the uh, only answer to the question of how do you keep a young worker in a region is you get them paying their bills yeah. in that region so they can live there. Oh, yeah. I mean, something I thought about before moving to is, I mean, it was in the pandemic, so that was different, obviously. But also, like, what is, like, supporting me here as an artist or even just a person in general? But, like, I mean, Seattle's a great city, but, yeah, it's not. We don't There's have, not a lot, really, for, we like, don't how have much it costs to be here. <laughs> a major theme park. Where you can go get a job playing Lord knows what, <laughs> but it's a job. Yeah, it's a yeah, job, yeah, job, yeah, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you get, can take that income to the bank and say, I would like a loan, please. Mm-hmm. It's not one where they're like, no, these are gigs. We can't look at this. Right. It's a right. job. So if we were in Los Angeles, there'd be more access to studio recording. We just live in a part of the country that unfortunately is a little, a little behind in some of those things. Sure. So... Finding something like the income program mm. keeps young musicians in Seattle, as opposed so we to moving to LA or stay Nashville. Stay the yeah. city of music, which I know everybody would like to see. Yeah. But yeah. if there's all of a sudden this void of musical workers, musical talent in folks our age and younger, because nobody could pay their bills here, it's the end of the party. Yeah. 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 Now, something you, I think this was you who had talked to me about this a while ago, is Seattle's, um, on like a state level, like kind of discourages film programs from happening here, like filming and all the music work that goes associated with that, right? So like if you have huge taxes against people shooting in the Northwest or in Seattle specifically, I guess, then that would encourage people to not be here as well musically because a lot of studio work comes with music, uh, uh, film music work. 
Well, um, that may have been a pre-pandemic conversation. Yeah, because it one, definitely was. One yeah. thing I could say um, that I'm happy to report since we might have had that conversation, if I was the person that said that, um, <laughs> is that Washington State has passed a, I believe it's $20 million a year, film incentive program. Oh, really? ah. um, many of um, my colleagues in uh, IATSE and SAG-AFTRA and Equity and... Um, the folks that work in the uh, nonprofit film side of things, um, like uh, uh, Washington Filmworks, for example, um, they're seeing some really great opportunities come in their way to produce film, episodic film and TV in the Northwest. Oh, okay. And with that, there will be some music jobs. There yeah. will be some sound jobs. There will be some opportunities for folks that do what we do. Um, so it, hopefully we're turning that around. Um before that funding passed, uh, Washington was 48th in film incentives. Yeah. Um, it's still 48th. I know it's 48th in general arts funding. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That makes me a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also have actually one of the largest GDPs. Per, I think we're like 12th or something like that for arts economies in a state. Hmm. So uh, California, obviously. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. The biggest one, yeah, and then like New, New York, York yeah. Louisiana, you know, New Orleans, Tennessee, Ten- yeah. Austin, those kind of places, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. But out of every other major, in the mid-teens, the city our size, mm-hmm. that's a lot of creative work. Yeah, for sure. Because we are not sitting in the mid-teens for population. No, no, we're like thirtieth or something. Something right? like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's. So we're punching above our weight class here for the arts, most definitely. Yeah, and it's uh, a great way to put it. Yeah, it would be nice to promote that and get. We're, we're, that's uh, what a good chunk of my year looks like when the opportunities come around <laughs> to, to advocate for the size and scope of the trade. Yeah. And just remind people that it's not just, you know, um, musicians that are working on, you know, late night TV show talk shows. Right. But it's piano teachers that live and work in every community mm-hmm. and get everybody going. I know you took piano lessons when you were a kid. Sure we all did. all did, right? Yeah. Like, or mm-hmm. it's... Um, you know, uh, band leaders that are working casinos. Mm-hmm. I try to remind folks all the time, you know, especially on our coast, like the uh, the casinos in the in the, the tribal casinos are a huge, huge opportunity, and that's something that we can grow into. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously different rules with interacting with you know those kind of employers on those communities, but that doesn't mean that we can't find some really positive ways to make sure that musicians are being treated. With respect, which is something that I know those communities are always for, is making sure their artists feel welcome and mm-hmm. treated right. Yeah, so. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your advo- like? Uh, what are your like AFM slash music trade outreach slash advocacy things look like? Like, what kind of programs do you do to get the word out there? Um, we have. Well, in the past, we were working on a one of the, the program that got me involved in the union in the first place was a group something called Fair Trade Music, mm-hmm. um, which some of your listeners may or may not we're that was the group that got the loading zones yeah yeah put in I front of that, a bunch yeah. of the venues um, that that we we worked on that for a number of years to try to come up with uh, while we couldn't get a standardized wage mm-hmm. we were looking to maybe get a standardized agreement sure. something that. Uh, you know, venues and employers could start to see as well. These are the types of things that we need to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was something. I'm presently working on something called um, the Independent Gigging Musicians, which would be open to anybody to attend that wants to. Uh, you can send me an email at nate at local seven six hyphen four nine three dot org. 
description. If you'd like to attend. 48, 12, 13. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we just talk about stuff that affects freelancers. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of uh, what we're doing right now is helping uh, our um, freelance services coordinator who works out of uh, New York and sort of tries to help locals across the country come up with ideas to help folks that do what we do more or less Mm -hmm. um, with a website called Venuology. Hmm. Uh, and it's sort of like Rotten Tomatoes for venues. Oh, oh nice. Oh, oh boy. But also, but also with some more positive yeah, yeah. <laughs> options, like some search functions where we could take some like-minded venues and you could line them up from BC all the way down to uh, that's a powerful Southern function, California, yeah. right? So if you could see the 25 venues, whether they had a back line, whether they had a piano, what mm-hmm. they were offering, what they were paying, when the mm-hmm. payment came, whether it was electronic, sort all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe like genre tags too. Genre yeah. tags, all that stuff. That's what this website does we're it's in a little bit of a rebuilding stage right now um we're hoping to have that launched within the next couple of weeks um i've seen the i've seen it and it's a powerful tool to be able to go yeah, i'm going from here down to here show me all of the things that do x yeah that's that sound, a really that's a powerful idea. that sounds really really great yeah and, and to have is... it curated and vetted by musicians mm-hmm. that are performing there in the community and and can and then obviously there's you know if there's a problem that could be something that we could be all alerted to to say whoa that was not how we want to see things done. Right. So, um, and this is being put together by you guys. AFM. Yeah. yeah, this is an AFM uh, website and service that's nice. just out there to the public. Yeah, that sounds, sounds really great. If you go there now, you'll just get a coming soon page. But I promise <laughs> well, you, it is coming. It is coming. Really, it is coming. will be in a while. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure by that time it'll be out so you can put a thing in a thing. I'm pointing someplace. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like right, yeah, right here. Right here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, so one other question is like, I guess, how big of a percentage would you say of musicians like make their living off, like in the union, make their living off just gigging or just teaching or? Well, that's a hard question to answer. Um, most of the members internationally are a part, have a single employer, which means they work for uh, a symphony, a park, or they do a lot of um, work for uh, a contracting agency mm-hmm. for a film score. Um so that kind of you start from there with the AFM, and then the next question I ask is, well, how many folks in these communities are going to need to find more? And it's yeah. most yeah. of them. So most of the members in the AFM do some gigging, some freelance work. Um, each local has its own rules about how to go about uh, informing the office that you're doing something that may not have a contract attached to it. Some very few locals have uh, restrictions for where you can work. I'd say 99% of the locals are have a pretty forward-thinking sure. uh, policy for that kind of work. In Seattle, we acknowledge that there aren't that many opportunities to work under a CBA here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And when you do, it's, a small, it's generally a smaller house. Uh, so um, we're open to you know, do whatever work we need to do outside of a couple of us that have some staff obligations. Rock and roll. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, that's actually all the questions I have on here. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot. I, I learned a lot. Doing pretty good. I, I Look know, at that. Yeah. I know you're short on time, too. No, so we're, um, we're, I think we're doing okay. Okay, nice. well, I, yeah, I come way, way more informed than I was going in. Yeah. I think no. <laughs> so. This has been awesome. Thank you for yeah. teaching us. I'm well, happy to do it. Um, I guess uh, one thing uh, I might do if uh, you're looking for a plug... Yeah, plug um, away. 
right now, uh, and I'm sure whenever this episode comes out. Um, <laughs> It'll be about a month, I think. So there are pretty much any trade that you do in the theatrical world, in the arts world, can more or less be represented by one of the handful of unions that exist in uh, our sector, mm-hmm. our trade sector. Um, and one of those is called IATSE, which is the International Association of... Theatrical stage employees. Please need to work uh, on better namings. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more or less uh, sound technicians mm. and um, uh, crew, other types of crew. So production. But, production. Yeah. But also um, they have, uh, um, repre- they represent um, customers as well. Oh, cool. So folks that do that kind of stuff. Um, they also want to, you know, surprise, surprise, they represent the uh, crew at, uh, the stadium, most of the stadiums, including mm-hmm. Lumen Field, and they are look- looking for workers all summer long. Really, all summer long. Okay, it, yeah. it, it's could be entry level work starting at twenty two an hour. Um, all you need to have is a sturdy pair of boots and no left from right. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I'm out. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I got to yeah, hold the I, I, hand. Company, <laughs> that's okay. But if you're interested, um, go to uh, bit.ly backslash. IA15 work. Yeah, We're going to have a lot of yeah. links in this link, description. Link will be right there, yeah. It's a really easy form to fill out. I, I think there's like a five-question form. It's just sort of how old are you? Do you have the, you know, it's it's very basic. And if you come with other stage skills, like many musicians may, they'll have a way that they can make sure that you're put in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Um, I guess we should also just ask just like, hey, if I want to join the union... If you want to join the union, go to uh, 76-493.org, and there's uh, it's just PayPal. Just send us your, uh, you know, um, you can either choose to join quarterly or annually. The one thing I will say to everybody is we would, if you're just joining because you want to support unions, you see what's going on with Amazon, with Starbucks, you just want to be a part of it and get a chance to learn about what unions are you're more than welcome to join just for that. And there's really no obligation. We'd love to have you continually, but there's no obligation to stay mm-hmm. beyond uh, what you're, um, you're comfortable with if you're not being represented on a, on a job site. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would just point out is that uh, just communicate with the office that you might be coming and going. And uh, they'll tell you, well, if just make sure you send us an email when you're ready to hit pause on your membership so that some fees don't, Continue. It's a little bit like a, a old school video rental service where if you just keep the video, you keep kind of paying for it. Yeah. So you want to just make sure that you're just communicating what your intentions are with membership. And, uh, you know, um, we'd love love to have you just for whatever you'd, you'd like to see what we're about. You know, there's awesome. opportunities uh, to just be a part of some larger labor actions um right now um my friends at unite here who uh among other things organize um hotel workers Mm -hmm. they're actually working with uh, a producer called homegrown which is actually i believe it's a sandwich kind of business um and they're uh do business out of cafe vita Mm -hmm. and they're actually trying to help those workers uh achieve a little more uh equity on the job site and so uh just by going to the MLK MLK Labor website, you can check out all kinds of opportunities, and that would be something as a member. You know, we could more than get you some awareness of. And I can't tell you, I, I've yet to meet a labor group that doesn't want to meet more musicians because we can <laughs> no, make yeah. a lot of noise yeah. and attract a big crowd. And those are things that 
that the movement wants. So that the more sense, musicians yeah. that want to be a part of if, if anybody out there that hear, hears this has ever had the inclination, I'd love to um, get some of my, uh, my buddies together and go get a little picket line jam session going on. Mm-hmm. Give me a call. We can probably put some money yeah, down. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. We can find some funds for some stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's what, that's what we're, that's one of the things that we try to do is support our, you know, I always, uh, an example I always use is like, there are so many musicians that have overlap with teachers, mm. right? We, yeah. A lot of us teach ourselves. Oh, a lot yeah. of us are our, our partners, spouses, our teachers or healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And there are actions all the time for those employers. And I know from personal experience that our services would be put to use in a <laughs> great way. So totally. if anybody's interested in any of that, please find awesome. me and let me know yeah. how I can help. All right. All right. Well, awesome. you all know what to do. Yeah. All right, so that pretty much ends the main topic here. Yes. Now we're going to move on into what we call, you know, the rants of the week or something like that. And I'm going to start us out by involving you, hopefully, on my rant. Uh-oh. Uh, this isn't Music Sucks and I Want to Die without hopefully a little drama. Uh, I want to hear about, again, this is the only thing I'm even remotely familiar with, is the separation in the 80s uh, between the AFM and the Symphony Union. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, it was a little before my time there, so uh, I can't yeah. speak to 100% what happened. Um, and I don't want to speak for anybody that may have a different opinion, but you know, um, my understanding of it is that um, uh, there's it's hard to pursue a lot of work in film scoring if you're not in Los Angeles. Sure. And I, my understanding is that that came into the decision to separate from the AFM as much as anything. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, I also, there's probably some, I, 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 there's some interpersonal political stuff that I know I've kind of heard whisper of working mm. in the office that I really couldn't speak to. Sure, being, yeah. Leave that up to the imagination, yeah. Being 40 years ago that it was or when it <laughs> took place. Right. So, you know, best that I can understand is that, you know, it was just some musicians that were looking for a different opportunity. Um, and uh, they have, you know, their own labor group, the Guild, represents the Theater Opera Ballet. Mm-hmm. And um, there's nothing that's stopping any group from starting their own labor labor group like that. So um, The podcast labor group. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe, I dude. mean, uh, it, it came up. Um, it's not unlike, uh, I guess I think I was thinking, um, it's probably some potential jurisdiction with, uh, journalists and with, yeah. uh, broadcasters. Sure. Makes so, sense. Yeah. man, I was hoping for the, uh, drunken fist fights outside I, of the labor hall. Kind I of doubt thing. it gets that exciting. Damn, <laughs> damn it. Well, no, I think it did. Oh, oh shit. I think it did. I just don't know it. Ah, I just don't know it. Well, it's JK so long. I got homework. Next Next episode, I will bring the knowledge, <laughs> and I'll tag you on. Uh, I'll tag you on Twitter and be like, "Yo, this is this is the spice." I really, spice. yeah. I mean, this it's is the all spice. Been, it's just all been uh, outside of a couple of voices. It's all just sort of been hearsay, and sure. this sort of happened, and that sort of happened, and you know, would I, would we love to have everybody back? Of course we would. Yeah. You know, um, but is our region like every other region? Absolutely not. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, that makes sense. I mean, gotcha. Rant, go. Um. Only sort of related to music, more just society in general, I guess, at this point in our lives. Uh, I was watching this documentary on Hulu from, like, 2014, I want to say, okay. called The Act of Killing. 
about the Indonesian communist genocide oh, yeah. in the 90s, and really well done, great documentary, brutal, obviously. Um, but what the, the rant is... <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, we're pretty far from uh, these yeah, this Well, communist, labor, right? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, my no, no, God. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but it's Hulu, so there was an ad before, which is going to be an ad, and it was like... Oh, no. Again, it's not, like, this is just society. It's nothing to do with, it was Megan the Stallion, nothing against her or anything, but it starts, and it's her advertising Cash App, and it starts with, like, the TikTok robot voice, you know? Oh, yeah, that, the, audit, the... It, They actually use that, and then she's like, get money, invest Cash App, blah, blah, blah. And then I sit there and watch this horrific, <laughs> it's just, you know, just... The juxtaposition, so, yeah. I don't know, I hate life. It's just... <laughs> just it's a bummer, man. It's a Good bummer. Enough. Good enough. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Then, okay, I can see that being a little uh, jarring, perhaps. Yeah, but really good documentary. Definitely recommend if you're <laughs> feeling up to it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like it's an early morning kind of watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice and light, you know. What about you, Nate? Do you have any rants for us? I do. I oh, actually got it. a good one that's Ooh. very music-specific. Yes. Um, it's not just, about some... No, I just got oh. done playing at uh, Art Museum downtown. Cool. And, you know, it's that thing where you can... You're standing, you're locked out of the venue because it's before the oh event God. starts. I get it, I get it. But there's like three quarters of a band on the other side of a window, 15 feet from the door I'm standing at, going yeah. like, can you let me in? Yeah, and can you have you, like gear with you. I'm standing, yeah. I've got, like, well, yeah, I've got gear, I'm whatever, you know. I'm like, not, I'm like, I understand you can't let people in, but like, you can see the trumpet player. Yeah. You can see the band setting up right there, and I'm a part of it. Yeah. Why can't I can't do it? I can't do it. You got to go around. You got to go around. You got to go around. And I'm just like, you know, if anybody that I am responsible to saw this interaction, they'd be like, go let the person <laughs> yeah. in so they can start the event it, on time. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't. It's this power trip that you get on the other side of a buzzer. Uh -huh. and you're like, can you please let me in? Yeah. I I'm literally. 15 feet from where I need to go. Yeah. And I don't want to walk 300 feet. And I don't feet. want to yeah. walk all the way around the building to get in. It's, yeah. it's, I've got, I'm looking at the clock. I still have to set everything up because yeah. I had to go move the car because you want me to leave in the parking garage. Uh, and all these things, all these things. Yep. Okay. So I see yeah. this is a common experience. Yes. Uh, so load in and load out is possibly the worst part of every single game. Right. Well, as you were saying earlier, like that's part of our day that's, doing a show. Like it's not, like yeah. you're saying, you're not there for an hour. You're, for all of that, you know. One of the things that a union does, any good arts union does, is negotiate cartage for the large instruments. Oh, God. Or a day of cartage for the large instruments. Yeah. Like, I, I, my colleague just got a whole day and a truck sent because it was like every piece of percussion, odd piece of percussion from this guy's house over a 60-year career or wherever it's been. And he was just like, it took the whole day. Yeah, yeah. And like even when I were, even when I was talking about the um, like how you know I'm paying union dues but I don't get anything and then you're like actually you park there you know what I mean they negotiate a parking for you know uh, people that work there that could be you know something that could change eventually so if you ever if you get paid to load your stuff in outside of immediately before the day you're when you're supposed to play it that didn't automatically happen so yeah yeah exactly. just all those little things yeah, you know yeah. you don't think about them when you're like hustling to the gig. But when you're sitting there talking to a schmuck like me, I can be like, no. <laughs> I can tell you what union officers do do and have done mm -hmm. and do do across the country. And it's any of them would love to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, knowledge, knowledge, man. Like, this has been really helpful just because, again, I just didn't yeah. know. I did not know most I'm of this stuff existed. I'm always down to talk to anybody yeah. has any questions. Please find me. We'll go out get coffee. Yeah. Keep We'd, doing this. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually one last kind of question related back to our main topic. <laughs> 
format's gone. My no. rant is Jake being all over the place. That's never happened. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. we're going off the uh, set list so here. So would, would you say that there's an issue with like, eh, my, probably just a me issue, but would you say there's an issue with uh, getting the knowledge to people in here? Like, oh, it's really hard. It's really hard? It's really hard. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this because yeah. it's really, this is not easy stuff. I, this is my job and I bash my head against the wall trying to read <laughs> legislation and learn about things that affect us and things that don't. It's This is complicated stuff. Oh, yeah. And I would always say, like, if you want to learn about why your thing is the way, why our thing is the way it is, let's just go get some pizza and we'll, I can print some stuff out and we can just do like a little study session. We can try to find out the answer together because it's a lot easier to do this with your friends than it is just in your, you know, uh, on the New York Times oh, article but, number yeah. four thirty five, so, yeah. the stuff's really, really dense, and it's always there's footnotes and citations and all the stuff for days, and it yeah. really is. A and lot. even like the language is hard to read. Yeah, yeah, it's just. A, I always say let's let's just get a little crew together and find the answer together. Yeah, totally. That sounds awesome. Cool. Yeah, uh, let's move on to listening. Listening of the week. Uh, why don't you start, Matt? Uh, I've been listening to Eric Johnson. I don't know if you nope. aren't familiar. He had that one guitar hero song, Cliffs of Dover. Uh, oh, so you might yeah. know that song. Uh, yeah. Really great guitar player. I was listening to his first album, Tones. Um, and he's from that 80s shred era where it's just a lot of virtuosic shit. But um, he's always more melodic in a way, I think. Like he writes, it's almost borderline cheesy fusion sometimes. But he's very like. It's not Steve Vai level of just like, look at all the crazy shit I can do. He like writes songs, I would say. And he okay. sings a little too. He sings, I don't know. But, <laughs> but his melodies, his soloing, it's all just very like nice, tight, melodic. And that first album has all the cheesy 80s synths you would ever want. Hell so, yeah, dude. <laughs> check it out. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Nate? What have you been listening to? Uh, let's see here. Um, well, uh, my wife bought uh, Mario Kart for <laughs> DS. Okay. And um, those cats had one hell of a studio blow because that music is insane. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's insane. And whoever that trumpet player is on that on that game earned every set because they, they abused that motherfucker. That was nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, love the... What is it? This like a uh, Dolphin Shoals or something like that. There's this fucking sax solo that is so disgusting. It's like a samba track. Oh, there's like YouTube videos of people playing it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I honestly was like, they just whoever got to put this score together must have had a blast because it's just like every cheesy everything just crammed into a racetrack soundtrack, you know, <laughs> or like a video game yeah, exactly. thing. And it's it's a lot of fun. Um, other than that, I suppose um, uh, I've been listening to uh, a big band arranger named Tom Kubis. Tom Kubis, hmm. okay. And straight over the plate. Straight over the plate. All right, <laughs> sweet. Uh, I've been listening to a band called Dinosaur Pileup. They're a British band from like late 2000s, and actually, they released an album in 2019 that I was listening to called Celebrity Mansions. It's like kind of a, they're kind of a weird mix of everything. They center around like hard alt rock kind of stuff, and then they like branch into weird like they have like weird baby metal influence, and then like it's almost kind of like irreverent, somewhat comedic to element to it, and uh, but it's kind of grounded in alt rock. It's a very fun listen. Nice. Very, very silly. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this has been Music Sucks and I Want to yes. Die. Thank you so Thank much, you Nate. Thank you so much, Nate. We learned a lot. Anytime. We learned a lot. Uh, I, yeah, I feel 
honestly, like way more positive about the union than I did coming into this mm-hmm. episode. And we'll make sure to post a bunch of links to everything and yep. all our stuff. You know, and there may so, be some, like I said, yeah. we're always working on stuff, so we may have some news coming out next couple of months. It'd be great to just kind of keep feeding you stuff. Yeah, yeah, send send people, it to us, dude. Yeah, we'll the put more it people in. That, like, we'll a, the more people that know about mm-hmm. this stuff, that's how it stays. Yeah. We <laughs> For t- sure, we'll do. We'll yeah, do. We'll, uh, we'll send it out, man. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm Jake. I'm Matt. He's I'm Nate. There we go. <laughs> this is Music Sucks and I Want to Die. See you guys in two weeks. Bye.